1: Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on truckers radio usa i'm roger Iles. i'm leo Wilds. and we are the derriers we're
3: doing what we do just about every week yeah just about just be driving up and down the road picking up music from nowhere it's everywhere it's everywhere
1: it's nowhere it comes it's, from
3: nowhere and it's everywhere it's, it's like tumbleweeds yes it
1: just comes by you yeah. just grab them that's you don't know it. where it comes from
3: and, but, uh, or where it's going yeah well it's going on our show as well it is doing. that's it's right that. yeah. yeah
1: you know people ask us they say is exactly what is Americana music. Which is a fair question. <laughs> like we're some kind of experts. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Well, not really. But uh, but we do have a definition. We've, or, we've given it some thought. And uh, more like an opinion, maybe. That's it. That's and uh, But we think that it's music with... Distinctive American roots, and having we leave ourselves a lot of error. Oh yeah, way I mean, we can really rake it in. Oh, it could be all kinds of music. I mean, for instance, it could be that Nashville sound. It could be rock and roll. It could be slack key. It could be rhythm and blues. It could be gospel. Oh, it could even be electronic. It could be yeah, and it could be rockabilly. It could be barbershop. It could be bluegrass. It could be Cajun. It could be Creole. It could be lounge music. <laughs> you know what else it could be? It could be boogaloo. boogaloo yes. It needs to be boogaloo more right I here agree on the with Americana you. Road Show. Well, uh, and the way the show works is that each of us uh, shows up each week with uh, a virtual fistful of tunes that we have not yet disclosed to the other guy. Exactly. And we take turns starting the show, and uh, it's an odd-numbered show. So of course, Leo, it's uh, me being uh, the odd guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh-huh, that's me. Yeah. So you know, what do you got? In radio, especially broadcast radio in the uh, 60s, um, the thing about getting a song onto pop radio is that it had to be under three minutes and 10 seconds. That was kind of the, the hallmark that everybody yeah, used, right? right. And right. So it turns out a lot of bands did shortened versions of an album cut to get that on the air, exactly. And, and some band bands just wouldn't do that. They 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 would rather. I mean, I'm thinking the Moody Blues and some of those guys. They had really long songs and yeah. And listen to you, uh, what they called AOR radio, which is album oriented rock, right? Okay. You never heard that. Well, I'm going to feature one of those long songs. We don't usually play very long songs on this show either. But, well, that's true. But there's a reason, because this is kind of a sad story and it's kind of a sad comment uh, on the uh, the rock and roll business anyway. There was a guy uh, that uh, his name was Katz. His last name was Katz. And he, to this day, is one of the most reviled promoters in rock and roll ever. Oh, wow. This guy was a total abuser. And the thing is, he was, he was representing... Um, uh, he was representing the Jefferson Airplane and Moby Grape, right? Okay. And one of the other bands he picked up uh, was a band called It's a Beautiful Day. Oh yeah. All right. Now the backstory, and I'm going to play. I'm to play White Bird. Okay. Okay. And the, but there's a real interesting backstory because what happened was uh, this guy was repping them in San Francisco, and they uh, he, he they got offered a, a gig, a pretty good gig, and he had them turn it down because you're not ready for that yet. Oh, wow. So he shipped them up off to Seattle. And gave somebody else the gig? Yeah. Yeah. He gave somebody else the gig. Of course. And he put them up in this house he had, and he put them up on the third floor of this drafty old house in the middle of winter and had them playing at a club he owned across the street. Right? Wow. So they were like captive. They were broke. They had no transportation. They had very little food. They were just starving to death up there, you know? Wow. It was really pretty awful. And uh, so the song White Bird was inspired by the experience that uh, these musicians had while living in Seattle. Uh, The song was partly inspired by Seattle's rainy winter weather. And one of the musicians said later on, he said, uh, where the white bird thing came from, we were like caged birds in that attic. Uh, We had no money, no transportation, the weather was miserable, but it was kind of creative in a way. So <laughs> through adversity, through adversity. Yes. So, so, so they had a lot working against them with this song. I mean, they came out of they came out of it and did pretty well. They didn't take off like the airplane did, and, right? Uh, but they did a pretty good job. But, they,
1: you know, it's a good thing when an airplane takes off. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, it, it's of the alternative. Like,
3: considering yes. So uh, let's let's give these guys a, uh, their due here. Uh, from 1969, probably one of the most uh, outrageous, beautiful songs ever written in rock and roll. This uh, is White Bird.
0: Tuesday. day.
1: That's One way to end the song, heck yeah! Big yeah. finish,
3: so big epic
1: tune. Now you know the backstory. Yeah, that's that's great. I never did know the backstory. Of that. interesting that's interesting stuff. Yeah. All right, it's back to you, Raj. Okay, some time ago, our buddy Jason uh sent a thing uh about a guy uh by the name of William Randolph Cole. Uh, okay, he was known as Cozy Cole. Cozy Cole, yeah. So he's born in uh 1909. Uh he was an American jazz drummer and he worked with Cab Calloway and Louis Armstrong uh, and, yeah. and a whole bunch of others. Um but he he was uh in uh so he just spent kind of like two-year stints with all these different bands, Jelly Roll Morton's, Red Hot Peppers, um and uh you know, Blanche Calloway, Cab Calloway, Benny Carter, uh, all these guys. But uh in um uh, 1942, he was hired by CBS radio music director Raymond Scott. Remember, oh, yeah. we've covered Raymond yes. Scott. Yes, we have. Uh, and uh, and uh, he was part of Network Radio's first integrated orchestra, which is a cool thing. Yep. And after that, he played with Louis Armstrong's Stars, All Stars some More. So he had hits with the songs Topsy 1 and Topsy 2. Uh, Topsy 2 peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the R&B chart. And sold over one million copies was awarded a gold disc. So, uh, but one of the things about the song that's interesting is it contained a long drum solo, and was one of the few drum solo recordings to make the charts at Billboard magazine. Oh, really? You because know, that was more of an FM radio Th- thing. That's correct. You know, yeah, you'd go, oh, well, is it the is it the uh, radio this, cut the or r- the LP uh, cut? Uh, right, exactly. But this is this is one of those. So, since you kind of put me in a in a mood with that last song, um, I thought we'd go on ahead and cover this. <laughs> Uh, the single was reduced. Uh, it was issued by Love Records, which was a small record label in Brooklyn, New York. Um, he had another song, Turvy 2. <laughs> oh, really? it's oh, it Topsy. I get it. Yeah, get it. Uh-huh. It reached number thirty-six in nineteen fifty-nine. So anyway, from uh, um, uh, from his album "Cozy Cole Hits!" exclamation point. I'm going to let Cozy Cole introduce this. <laughs> okay, one. here goes. Topsy Part Two. Funky. We're Funky. Funky that, in the bus. On man. that collection, he introduces every song like that. I can talk like that when I belch sometimes. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I've heard you talk when you belch. It's not pretty. <laughs> okay, Leo, put us back on
3: track. I've been wanting to feature, uh, I'm going to feature two guys all right, together. And I've wanted to feature each, each of them anyway. Um, separately, and, and then I found this really cool uh, song they did together, and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, the first guy is David Kenneth Ritz Van Ronk, okay? Okay. Dave Van Ronk. Oh, okay. I mean, I got to see that guy once, you know? It was incredible. He's quite, oh man, he's an amazing guy. Uh, he's a very important uh, figure in American Folk Music Revival, and uh, he was like a, a fixture in Greenwich Village, right? Okay. I mean, he was nicknamed the mayor of McDougal Street. I mean, he rarely left. He hardly oh, really? ever. Yeah, he ever, hardly ever left the village. He just loved it there. But he was pretty much uh, residing over the coffee house folk culture and acting as a, a friend to many up and coming artists, like, for instance, Bob Dylan, Tom Paxton, Patrick Sky, Phil Oaks, Ramblin', Jack Elliott. Yeah, uh, and as the other guy, I want to feature on this. Oh, cool. So, so he had his hand in everything, man. Uh, but he started out uh, his first professional gigs playing a tenor banjola. Have okay. you ever heard of banjola? I don't think so, I don't think so either, so Mm-mm. I'm gonna have to go find one here and see what it looks like, but he said uh he wanted he wanted to get into jazz, right, but the heyday of the jazz revival had pretty much passed, unfortunately, yeah, and he said we wanted to play traditional jazz in the worst way, and we did <laughs> <So> <laughs> a, yeah. there you go buddy I've been that guy. now Joni Mitchell, who's a Canadian person we have not featured we and we I won't am. as long as we stick to our guns here uh she said that her rendition. His rendition of her song, Both Sides Now, was her favorite version of the song, right? Wow. And uh, anyway, he just had a lot going for him. Now, I'm going to jump to the other guy, Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Uh, he, he, was, um, he grew up inspired by the rodeos in Madison Square Garden, and he was born in 1931 in Brooklyn, but he wanted to be a cowboy. That's, that's what I, I he wanted to be, He grew right? up in
1: New York and wanted to be a cowboy. He did. Yeah, I hear, I hear that.
3: And his dad, who was a, a surgeon— and he really wanted you know, him to be a surgeon. But he said, now he ran away from the home at the age of uh, 13 to join Colonel Jim Escrew's Rodeo. <laughs> <It was laughs> billed as the only rodeo east of the Mississippi. And he traveled with him for like four months before his dad caught up with him and took him back home. Oh, wow. He said, no, you're not. Well, he did. He, uh, he taught himself to play guitar. And listen to this. He, he learned to play uh, guitar from a rodeo clown, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was out of course doing, he doing the rodeo. Anyway, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great combination, guys. So I'm going to feature a cut that they uh, collaborated on from uh, 1999, actually, and it's a really cool rendition of the song "Saint James Infirmary."
4: It was down in Old Joe's Bar room, on the corner by the square. The usual crowd was assembled. And Big Joe McKinney was there He was standing
0: at my shoulder His eyes were bloodshot red Turned to the crowd around him These are the very words he said What did he say, Jack?
4: I went down to the St. James Infirmary I saw my baby there Laid out on a cold white table. So cold, so white, so fat. And let, let her go, let her go, her go. God bless her. Bless her. Wherever, Wherever she, she may be, she, she may, may search, search this wide world, world over, so never, never find a sweet man, man like me. Oh, when I die. I want six crap shooters for Paul Barrows. A chorus girl to sing me a song. Put a jazz band on my hearse wagon. Raise hell as I roll along. Let Let her go, go, let her go, go. God bless her. Wherever she she may be, be. she she may search this wide world. Never find a sweet man like me Roll out your rubber tired carriage Roll out your old-time hack
0: Twelve men going to the graveyard And eleven coming back
4: Now that I've told my story I'll take another shot of boo one should happen to ask you I've got those gamblers to so I oh, let, let her go, let go, her go, God her bless her, bless wherever she, she may be, be. She, she may search this, this wide world, world over, she'll so never, never find a sweet man like me.
3: Class guitar players Yeah, there, man. man Yeah, that's I love a, that guy. That that's
1: a great rendition Oh, hey, look at the time, Rod. Yeah, we are definitely out of time
3: We got to talking too much or well, something Well, we did, we yes did.
1: Uh, And, uh, of course, tomorrow's moving day That's moving day Yeah, and uh-huh. so we need to go We need to police the area Pick yeah. up the trash yeah. And, uh, of course, we need to check that
3: Left, left or inside, inside duel, duel And yeah. uh,
1: being an odd-numbered uh, show okay. It's your turn Yeah, okay So you better go suit up I don't, I don't live for these days I know, but okay. but you know, you generally don't die. That's that true, meter. but boy, the fear of it. Yeah, is so, so far, too. okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go rig up. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll be right back. This is the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Truck Radio, Radio USA. USA.
0: You
1: know, I I, uh, I made it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. You're a little sweaty. I am sweaty. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's a, a cold sweat. It's it, a, well, it's cold outside. Yeah, yeah. So it, I think it's fear.
3: Oh, it, uh, okay.
1: If we had a dog, he'd be going crazy right I now. He'd be like this. <laughs> he'd, he'd be smelling <laughs> fear all that's over. That's right. Here. Oh boy, baby. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, so, it's done. It's behind me now. Okay. Okay. And so how was it? Anyway, I mean, scary. Well, but other than that, I mean, how oh, was the
3: tire? Three pounds. <laughs> okay. Just three pounds. Hardly worth
1: going out for. (laughs) Oh, now you're not getting away with that. (laughs) Oh, We have to check it every week. That's how we survive. Fine. Well, at least I'm off for the next two weeks, so. I don't know how that works for you. Well, there's this week, and then then you do it next week. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that. Okay, I'll try it. Because I'm the guy that keeps track. Uh, I know. Uh, All right. Well, we are broadcasting this week from the Shady Grove RV Park right here here in Carmel, Maine. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, way oh boy, up there. Oh
3: yeah, well, boy, it was a long drive. Yeah, we yeah. We got up here. Yeah. Remember how we said that uh, a town, in order to really count, it have to have a zip code and a bar, right? That's this town. That's this town. Yeah. There's, there's like I, I don't know. I like check the city limits sign coming in. So it's like three thousand people. You know. Yeah. The big city is kind of a bedroom community, uh, you know, community. Yes. Uh, because the next big town is just a few few miles from here, and uh, that's well, it's just uh, Bangor, Maine, Oh, well, sure. Right. Uh-huh. So and you know we haven't even gone over. We've been here for like five days, and we haven't even
1: popped over to Bangor to see what's going on over uh, there. You know, I went down to the convenience store, and I was looking for some of those uh, soft, chewy kind of vanilla flavored uh, candies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Hence the town name, uh-huh. uh, Carmel. But, yeah, uh, not so much. They didn't think it was very funny. No, some people yeah. don't have a sense of humor. No, they didn't. No. They, said, they said, "Get a Snickers and get the heck out of here." <laughs> but, it's, so, uh,
3: but, it's, but it's an old town, <laughs> man. It was, it's, it was. It was. It uh, was. It was incorporated in eighteen eleven. And this guy, he was kind of a, you know an entrepreneur, and he he uh, he bought this whole township and started selling lots off, and the town grew from there, and then it and then didn't grow anymore. It, just <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was growing like crazy <laughs> it, it, until didn't it didn't. Until it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Oh, okay, well, that's all I can tell you about Carmel. That's about it, huh? Yeah, yeah that's it. Oh, wow. And, well, you, you know, people ask us they say uh <laughs> what the hell are you doing in <laughs> maine? you know we're in maine i mean uh, oh boy and uh you know you drive all over this countryside like a bunch of idiots yeah or, well, only two idiots yeah and and, uh, and these that old rv and you stay in shady grove rv parks that's and just kind of a thing you know it's how, what we do you that's know? right
3: we gotta take you know
1: we gotta take pride in it
3: yeah or at least accept our fate. <laughs> it depends on the week.
1: <laughs> so, you know, unlike our compadres here on uh, Truckers Radio USA who have these things called ranches. ranches yes. you know, for instance, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rockin' Diamondar Ranch. In the, Where is it, Roger? It's in the Dos Cabezas, Cabezas Mountains, Mountains, of course. And Alan Bailey has the Swingin' Gate Ranch. and. Yep. Of course, Tennessee, Jim, the Diamond W Ranch on the edge of the Kansas Flint Hills. Right. And, uh, And our buddy Oren Friesen has the Rockin' Banjo Ranch. Uh, and you know we whined about the fact uh, publicly that we didn't have a ranch, and our buddies all had ranches. And somebody overheard us. Well, our pal Suzanne set us straight. That's she right. She said, "You, you guys, you look at it this way: you've got the entire continental United States, and border to border, and cheek and, to cheek, and sea to sea, to C If C. you don't drive off in it, which That's we right. almost did that one that time. One time. There's only one time. The GPS was faulty. <laughs> That's true. Okay. And you might say we have a ranch." Without, without fences, fences. although you know? we could have
3: used a fence, that we they well, a, like a, big, a one. big one, yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, but anyway, so uh, so that's a good thing, you know. And and uh, um, so we uh, uh, so I, I guess I was talking about something Someone and else. kind of got. But
3: Roger, how do we
1: travel around this beautiful country <laughs> oh, yes. <goody> of ours? <laughs> that's a good point, Leo. I guess we I guess we go there in our RV called. gets us there every time. She does. she does. Just a little air in the tire, a little top off the oil. Never complains. Nope. Nope. Not even not a little like bit. Not like us. Not like us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. It's your turn, Roger. It is. Uh, I'm going back to big band. I, I stumbled across this, this band when I was looking at some other stuff that I've been falling into. And, uh, and we have not covered them, and I really wasn't aware of them. It's, uh, it, they're called the Casa Loma Orchestra. Yeah. And their their band leader was a guy named Glenn Gray. Uh but it was really interesting. They were they assembled in 1927 as the Orange Blossoms. Okay, okay that was yeah. their name, right? Mm-hmm. And they were one of several Detroit groups that came out of the uh this one Gene Gold Kit office, uh, one of the managers, you mm-hmm. know. But the band adopted the name Casaloma by the time of its first recordings in 1929. Shortly after, it had played an eighth-month engagement at the Casa Loma in Toronto. Oh, okay. Okay, So, All right. Which was being operated as a hotel at a time. They never played at Casa Loma under that name, because at the time, they were the Orange (laughs) Blossoms.
3: They didn't change their name (laughs) until they left the joint. Yeah. That's timing. Well,
1: I don't know. I mean, anyway. But this is really, really interesting to me. In 1930, the Casa Loma Orchestra was incorporated in New York with the members becoming owners, shareholders and board members. Oh really? So the band uh, members uh, were hired on the grounds of musical and congenial competence, competence, and followed strict conduct and financial rules. Really? Because the band operated as a collective group as opposed to almost all other bands that had a leader yeah. for whom you know everyone worked, the band maintained a stable collection of personnel. That very very little. Members who broke the rules could be summoned before the board, wow. have their contract bought out, and be ejected from the band. Man, so I mean, it's totally a business. What, sounds you know, like we, a coven. Well, we've talked. About, <laughs> I guess it could be, but we've talked about this for years about running a band as a business. That's right, exactly. You know? And um, so they. Uh, the band's manager was a guy named Cork O'Keefe, and he was made a vice president of the corporation arranged bookings in venues such as the Glen Island Casino uh, and places like that. But, uh, but anyway, they, uh, they operated uh, until about uh, – I'm trying to see uh, – It disbanded in 1947, but in 57 to 63, it reemerged as a recording session band in Hollywood made up of top-flight studio mus- musicians – uh, under the direction of uh, Glenn Gray. Oh wow! So they made a limited number of live appearances, but mostly they uh, they were uh, a studio band mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, great stuff. Uh, I, I found this collection. It's the Glenn, Gay, Glenn Gray and the Casaloma Orchestra. Uh, this song features uh, the trombonist Pee Wee Hunt Who I know nothing about but yeah. I, I like the name <laughs> You already studied up on it, didn't you? Right yeah. but, uh, So from 1940 Glenn Gray and the Casa Loma Orchestra Doing Save Your Sorrow for Tomorrow
0: Play for anyone that comes. Smile today, tomorrow never comes. And if you cheer up,
4: skies will clear up and clouds will pass away. Say
1: That swings, That really
3: does swing. That's cool, man. Yeah. Very cool. That's a great story, I think. Absolutely. All right, Leo, back to you. You know our friend Dan Owen? Yeah. Uh, I got in a conversation with recently with just with him about something about music, and he knew about the show. And he says, have you ever heard of um, this guy named Bert Burns? And I said, no, I haven't. He said, you really ought to check this guy out. Okay. So I did. I looked him up. And he had, he had went. his real name was Bertrand Russell Burns. But he was also known as Bert Russell and occasionally Russell Bird. <laughs> um, but for the purposes of what I want to do here, we're going to call him Bert Burns. Now, he was born in the Bronx, New York uh, City, to Russian it Jewish. It was Bert
1: Burns from the Bronx. Bert
3: Burns from the Bronx. Okay, okay, that's curious. a tang word. Okay, and uh, his parents were Russian Jewish immigrants, and unfortunately. Uh He contracted rheumatic fever as a child, oh boy. all right, and that's an illness that damaged his heart and would mark the rest of his life, resulting in his early death he didn't He only lived in his, into his thirties, but um, as a young man, uh, he danced in mambo nightclubs. And made his way to Havana before the Cuban Revolution happened, right? Oh, wow! So shortly after he got back from Cuba, he began a seven run, a seven year run from uh, an obscure Brill building. Remember, we've talked about the building yeah. before. It was kind mm-hmm. of like a hit maker kind of a right. situation. He went on to uh, own his own record labels, and he signed as a fifty dollar a week, which would be equivalent to about five hundred bucks, you know now. Uh, songwriter with uh, Robert Mellon music and on Broadway in New York. And his first hit record was A Little Bit of Soap.
0: Okay. All
3: right. But then he went on from there and he wrote one song after another, kept turning out hit after hit after hit. And uh, he only had one song that he wrote that ever made it, he, he cracked the top 50, I think. You know, just was really? But every other, every, everybody else is saying his music, man, he just tore it up. Um, he, he went on to replace uh, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. As staff writers. Okay. All right. And then so much. Uh, he got so many of his. Uh, a lot of his songs were actually recorded by British guys too. Okay. Like for instance, uh, uh, the Rolling Stones and the Animals.
1: Okay. All wow. Right. Okay. So
3: everybody's picking up his stuff. Now, uh, just one quick word. Uh, one of his songs, the first one uh, that was picked up, uh, was uh, oh, what was it? It was produced by Phil, uh, Phil Spector, and it was "Twist and Shout." Oh, wow. And Bert Bertrand hated his arrangement, so he took it back and gave it to the Isley brothers, and it became a huge hit.
1: Oh, be darned. So,
3: anyway, guess what I did? I couldn't decide on one song, so okay. d- I put together
0: a He did the mash.
4: He did the monster mash. The
0: monster mash.
4: It was a graveyard. Oh, smash. yeah, baby.
3: Cool. Oh, yeah, baby. This was a lot of fun put together. And I'm not even going to say the names of the songs. I'll do that after we've played this, okay? Okay. I guarantee you're going to recognize every one of these tunes. You ready? Yeah. Here we go.
0: Hang on, Snoopy, Snoopy, hang on.
4: But a little bit of soul
0: to come In the night But there's no one Don't you feel like I'm crying
1: amazing you know since we since we each bring a virtual handful of tunes to this yeah, yeah. Uh, show every day I'm, I'm holding up my virtual zippo lighter <laughs> that was awesome but,
3: you know and roger i just picked i had i had to keep it to eight Wow. I mean, there were over a, more than a dozen, maybe two. I mean, and some of those hits were, uh, some of those songs were hits for multiple different artists. Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah, Well, thank you, Dan, for, for that uh, yeah. tip. That's an awesome one. And uh, by the way, uh, if you want to see uh, uh, all the people that were on that, you right. can go to our website and we'll have them listed there. There
3: you go. <laughs> Take there you that.
1: go. There you go. Hey, you know, we keep striking out with. Uh, uh, trying to get sponsors, you know. Yeah, we and haven't had much stuff. luck, no. And you know, but uh, but but I, I got an idea. Yeah. Uh, that last gig we did, you know, somebody somebody threw a drink at me and hit me in the head. They threw a drink at you? Yeah. And hit you Yeah. D- did it hurt? No, it was a soft drink. Here
0: comes Things go better. Better with Coke than Coke. I taste much more fun when you're refreshed.
4: And Coke refreshes you best. It's
0: the refresh again.
1: Backing up. We're backing up. That's uh, kind well, of that's what we do. It goes without saying. We are the Darieros, and, and, and we back up. It's our job. That's our job. Well, this is the part of the show where we used to, you know, be real coy about it, but now we just beg. Yeah, we we're like. I don't mind begging. I mean, you
3: know, I have no shame. I've you been know? doing it long enough. That's in my life, true. So uh, <laughs> you have. At yeah, that, I, yeah I, so. I wasn't
1: going to bring it up, but <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we do. We beg people to go to our websites uh, and uh, check things out. Uh, the one for this show is thederriers.com. The oh, man, please. and please. We implore you. Just don't forget the, the. It's such a tiny word. Tiny. But, it, but if you forget it, huge implications. implications. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you forget it, you'll, right. never you'll never forget, never forget it. Anything. And we are, we are witness to that. Oh, we've, de- we've, forgotten, we've forgotten it, it many more times. than once. Many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course the, uh, the website for the band is
3: Well that's Three Trails West That's the name of our band And that's with the number three yep. At the front of it And if you go to that uh, Website there They've got Oh our, we've got our album there And our neat uh, t-shirts our albums Stickers yeah. man We've got yeah. all
1: kinds of stuff on all there All kinds of stuff there And uh, where we're playing And when That's right uh, That's I, called the schedule Yeah that's why we Have that So we know where to go <laughs> So we don't go
3: People tell us where to go All the time That's so true yeah We're used to it
1: So if you go to either of our sites uh, You're going to find a lot of content content. and if you look at it we're pretty sure you will be contented Contented, but boy there's getting to be a lot yeah you could become confused confused, in
3: which case you should just Contact, contact us and we'll help you get it straightened out.
1: Yeah, uh, there are contact us tabs on both websites, or you could just get right to us with our email addresses. Mine is roger, no d, at thedariers.com. And mine is Leo, also no d, uh-huh. at thedariers.com. Yeah, so uh, actually, if you go to com, go to the Americana Roadshow tab. And you can uh, listen to or download and listen to later any of our past episodes. That's right. At your leisure. At your leisure. Oh, preferably in a leisure leisure suit. suit. That's right. if you want to see how that's
3: done. Well, just go to the website. There's got a picture of Jim on there. Our buddy uh, Jim's uh,
1: sporting a mighty fine rust-colored it, it was the color, uh huh, yeah. the rust color, yeah. yeah. That and that that sky blue color, the sky yeah. blue, yeah, pastel. Hey, and you know what else? <laughs> what uh, you can find us now on Spotify, Spotify. I love yeah. Spotify, and, and also on Stitcher and and uh, Spotify. So, of course, you can also find us on TuneIn, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio. It might be Spotify, yeah. It could be all those, all those things and uh, more. Yeah, as our good buddy Mike Carr says. Go nowheres without, without the years. That's yeah. right. Thank you, Mike, for that. Okay, Roger. I, I believe where we left off. It's your turn. It is. Okay. Uh, boy, this one's way out of left field, and uh, you're going to understand why in just a minute. The guy's name was Edward M. Layton. He was born in 1925. Uh, Eddie Layton. He was an American stadium organist who played at uh, at the old Yankee Stadium for nearly 40 years. Wow. Yeah so we know somebody like that
3: too in our hometown we'll get to that later
1: yeah yeah so uh, he he began playing organ when he was 12 years old and then while he was serving in the united states navy during world war 2 he learned how to play the Hammond organ And after the war, he began a career as a professional organist writing uh, scores for soap operas on CBS. So he wrote them for The Secret Storm, Love is a Many Splendored Thing, Love of Life, and Where the Heart Is. Wow. And during that time, he recorded nearly 27 albums of of organ music. Of that? Go figure. Wow. But uh, he he later uh, joined the New York Yankees franchise in 1967. Uh, and there was pressure f- from the success of the New York Mets because their new Shea Stadium facility uh, had an organist. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so they needed. They d- installed an organ in Yankee Stadium. And um, they had a, a, a different guy for two years. But in 1967, uh, Eddie joined up. He had never been to a stadium, and he knew nothing about baseball. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, there's a qualification for you. So. Uh, but he, he played, uh, it's, it's interesting, he also uh, was the organist for the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers for uh, 67 to 85, played several seasons of the New York Islanders games in the 1990s, and served one stint as organist for the indoor New York Cosmos soccer team at Madison Square Garden. Oh, man. You got to have an organist. No kidding. And he was the guy. Wow. So uh, anyway, he also played the organ at Radio City Music Hall for 30 years. A Pace University commencement held there. So anyway, uh, I was gonna play "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." I might save that if we ever need a seventh inning stretch. Yeah, I, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is from uh, his album "You Gotta Have Heart." Um, no, it isn't. It's from Hammond, Oregon, Make from your 1994. Mind. Eddie Layton playing "The Hot Canary." like that a whole lot. We have 26 more albums oh, that you can listen you to. thank you, no. Non-stop. No, seriously. <laughs> I appreciate the offer. Holy cow. Oh, Leo, get us out of this.
3: I don't know, man. It's like a long trip, you know, uh, getting there. But uh, anyway. Hey, I'll tell you what I want to do. Uh, you know, we like to talk about our hometown buddies, or musicians back home. Sure do. When, when we get to Kansas City. And, and when we're there, if we're there on a Monday night, we try to go down to The Brick. For the real Grid happy, for hour. the real grid happy hour, we sure do. And we have featured music from some of our friends out of there in the past. We have. Well, sure enough, last time we were there, our good buddy Chris DeVictor yeah, had his CD ready to go.
1: Yes, his CD
3: release party, a CD It was huge. Yeah. You know, we had a really great time that night. In fact, we were called upon to MC that that party that night. And that was just a gas, a whole oh, yeah. lot of fun. Now here's the thing about Chris, and you remember back in Spontaneous Combustion, you know, we used to maybe play songs for a season before we recorded them. Yep, you know, because they were a good, professional. We'd record mm-hmm. it and put it. On. Well, he kind of did the same thing. He's been working on this album for some time. Yes, and we, we heard some of those songs so much that we knew them. That's right.
1: <laughs> so that's now, true. so the, he took it to the ultimate. It was like what three years? Oh yeah, that's yeah. what he said. Three years. It took know. him three years to get the album out. It, it, you know what? Slow what? and steady wins it, the race it,
3: it was it was worth every bit of it Let's just play a cut from this thing And, and uh, by the way, everybody just calls him CDV That's right So this is Chris DeVictor doing a, a cut off his new album That's called Before
2: Honey, come back home Say that you be my wife Honey, come back home I got trouble in my life I'm sad, blue and lonely I've been a single mess without you Honey, come back home Say that you'll be my wife Honey, come back home I'm out here in the dark Honey, come back home Why'd you take off on a lark? Now the dog went home, and the cats skipped town. There ain't but a soul around now, honey, come back home. Say that you be my wife.
1: Yeah. I love that man, and that was a great party that night. It was, it
3: was a great, great time. party, man. That was a good time. Yeah. By the way, I mentioned the name of the uh, of the album, which is called "Before." The name yep. of that particular cut is. Uh uh, honey, come back home, and yeah. everybody sings it, man. You
1: bet. It's great. Hey, we're out of time. Oh,
3: we certainly are. Yeah. Oh, oh, we we just, really close out. We just
1: had too much fun. Uh, we got to figure out where we're going. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, whose so, turn is it to do what? Uh, right? I get to throw the dart, so you get the map. Okay, I'll get give me a minute. It's okay. right back here. Yeah, it's it's back in the, back. the closet. Right, where yeah. it
3: is, Oh, it's right where I left it.
1: Oh, good. Oh, here we go. All right, put it up on the wall. And there, and there it is. is. Yep, yep, okay. yep, Uh I'll get the dart thing.
3: dart thing. too. Two. Uh, Careful, careful, careful. i got the real dart. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Get in the stinking circle. Okay, I'm in the circle. I'm ready. Ready? Uh Uh-huh. Turn around. One, One, two, three. three. Throw the dart. Throw the dart. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Well, we went west. Pretty
1: central. Boy, we're back Um, going to the Midwest Yeah, Iowa. Oh, that works. Earlham. Earlham. Earl what? Earlham, Earlham. Earlham. We'll oh, have to okay. check that. Yeah, we'll figure we'll out how to out. pronounce yeah. it and we'll let you know next week. All right. Okay, what a weird show. Yeah,
3: it's been a strange one. But it's been fun. But it, this has yeah. been the Americana Roadshow. Right
1: here on Truckers Radio USA. USA.
3: And don't forget to look out behind you it's the Derrier.